all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? Hello again. <laughs> I'm David. I'm Rachel. And this is All Bad Things. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. You can follow us on all your favorite social medias at All Bad Things Pod on Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, Facebook, and all the other fun ones. Join our Facebook discussion group, and you can email us at allbadthingspod at gmail.com. And that is the best place for suggestions and or scripts that you want to send us if you want to do that, too. There we go. Do all those things. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate you taking point. No problem. It is after midnight after all. Yes. If you can't tell already, we are yes. uh, recording when I'm getting home from work. Yes, I'm really... Which is after midnight. Uh, we're gonna let it all hang out. After midnight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping this is our last midnight recording because there's it a schedule be. change coming yeah, up. So it, it, it might be. Yes, that would be nice. That would be very, very nice. I'm used to being up at this time. I know. Uh, Rachel obviously is not. I'm not used to being up and performing That's this true. time. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> or he said. <laughs> ah, so. Any Anything interesting to report? Oh. You're, well, by the time this comes out, <laughs> either the, bills, the world will know. Either the Bills will be in the AFC Championship, <laughs> or I will be sad. <laughs> but either way, you will have gone to a Tool concert. Yes, while the divisional playoff game against the <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs is also going on at the exact same time. I think you're just going to have, like, the most stressful experience. Well, I've already thought about that. Like, So I'll get to watch maybe an hour of the game before the concert starts. Uh-huh. And if things go well, it could be the best concert experience ever because, you know, why You'll not get... You'll be so excited. Exactly. And, yeah. and I'll be listening to Tool at the same time. Uh-huh. Or I'll just be sad and not care. <laughs> <laughs> Who's opening for them? Uh, I can't remember. It's a band I've never heard of. But... Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Primus um, opened for them. They did. Them. When I took you to your one and only Tool show. That also, was, That which, was enough. <laughs> which, was, <laughs> which was also in Charlotte, which is where I'm headed tomorrow. So... Yes, indeed. Which That's is that. yesterday. <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> so the time this comes out, clearly. Yeah. So uh, I'm well. <laughs> so let's hope. Uh, let's hope Monday everything is positive and Come bright. Come Monday, it'll be all right. Come Monday, I'll be holding you tight. I've been fooling me. But unfortunately, your Monday morning will be. Definitely filled with sadness because we have a podcast. Today. <laughs> it is called the Sadness and this, Podcast. And this will be one of the, I think, yeah, this one's going to suck. Oh, good. So. I'm so glad to be up at midnight yeah. <laughs> to talk about something that sucks. I mean, that is that is our promise <laughs> to the world to deliver. But yes. So, yeah, so you told me, you texted me earlier tonight because we were going to do a listener script, which we'll just do next week, but um, you... Banged out some research. Is this a is this a topic you've been wanting to do for a while? It or is. what was okay. It is, yeah. Can you give me any hints? Uh it 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 involves um it involves World War Two. Hmm. Well we did the um which is, Ramring I mean, Island. Which is the most broad topic. It is you very, can... very broad. <laughs> yes. uh, was it Ram Ramry Island? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. Massacre. We did that not long ago. That was um, the if you haven't listened, um Japanese soldiers were, a lot of them were killed by crocodiles on an island. Potentially. Yes. There's some. some for sure. Yeah. The amount. Right. The mass casualty event, we're still unsure of. Right. But uh, for certain people, certain Japanese soldiers did succumb to crocodile attacks, okay. which I can't think of. There's no, other than a fire. That might be worse, though. Oh, there's a lot of things that are terrible. There's a yeah. lot of terrible ways to Just getting to die. eaten by something, that's just horrific in itself you know yes. because it's just gonna eat you and literally shit you out like an hour later <laughs> like that's what know. it does well 
Um, I'm not sure that digestion works on that time. Well, you'll be you'll be part of you know because obviously <laughs> I get, I we're talking the about basic idea. We're talking about large creatures, you know, eating us. Yes, they still need to digest too, though. But um, yeah. is this a um, a European story? Yes, it is. Okay. Is it a... Oh. You're, you're not going to okay. get it, so okay. we'll, we'll just get into it. <laughs> All right. So this is the SS Cap Arcona. SS Cap Arcona. Yes. So that's how it's spelled. Cap Arcona. Okay. So the SS Cap Arcona, uh-huh. named after Cape Arcona on the island of Rusian, the largest island of Germany located in the Baltic Sea, had quite the life. It was originally used as a German ocean liner before becoming a part of the German Navy and was eventually used as a prison ship in the early aftermath of the European theater of World War II. The vessel... Sorry, sorry, by the early aftermath of the European theater? Like, the part of World War II that ended in Europe. Like, that's when this event happens. Just, like, when the European theater was over. When Germany fell. Oh, V-E? Yes. V-E day. Yes, correct. So, May-ish, 45. Yes, we're going to get into that. okay. A lot of people, I think most people know this, but we had the victory in Europe, VE Day. Mm-hmm. We defeated Hitler, which was the main purpose of World War II. Well, and he killed himself yes. as well. Yeah. Um, but we still had Japan right. to uh-huh. tend with. Mm-hmm. So, and that's when, you know, right. atomic bombs happened. That's been well covered. <laughs> yes, they have. But some people kind of forget that yeah, it sure. didn't end all at once. Right. One big chunk of it ended, mm-hmm. and then there was the last piece to figure mm-hmm. out, which... I'll figure it out. To, yeah, for better or to worse. To put it lightly. Um, so the ship was originally used as a German ocean liner before becoming a part of the German Navy and was eventually used as a prison ship in the early aftermath of the European theater of World War II. Okay, like POW? Or, um, we'll get into that. Okay. okay. <laughs> the vessel began its life on October 29th, 1927 as a flagship of the Hamburg-South America line carrying passengers and cargo between Germany and the east coast of South America. So it started as an ocean liner, too. It did. Okay. And we know Germany and South America... Oh, South America, yes. We've discussed that connection many times. Have a long history. Yes. (laughs) Of togetherness. It's it's interesting. There are certain themes that have popped up in our, our podcast, just like historical themes and that's one of them yes <laughs> the connection germans between... and south americans yes germany and being... south america yes rears ugly but it goes line. goes back much farther than world war ii yes it does which we discussed in um oh man one of the south uh, it was an episode that took well i mean it, south it, america. I it goes which. back to hundreds of years ago for sure like the conquistador well, we, era in, we discussed in spain it going... remember we discussed it in in mm. One of the Someone episodes. who pays more attention to what I say than me <laughs> needs to figure that out. Anyway. So in nineteen forty, the Nazi government requisitioned Cap Arcona as an accommodation ship, meaning it was used predominantly as a barracks for German soldiers. So it was just like at a dock kind yes. of a thing? It was oh, just okay. Like in okay. A, like in a DMZ. Okay. It's a place for people to rest, get food, okay. you know, stuff like that. So that's what it was used for. Okay. The ship even served as the set piece for the 1942 German propaganda film. Oh, no. Any guesses? Triumph of the Will? Is that the name of it? No. No? The what? ship itself served as a set piece oh. for the film Titanic. What? Wait. In 1942? In 1942. They made a, they made a dramatization I, yes. of Titanic? In 1942. And I also find it interesting that during... Which is considered to be like one of the most intense periods of World War II, like the early nineteen kind forties. Of well, yeah. when we got involved, yeah, uh-huh. and brought Canada with us, and yeah, so nineteen forty two is when like shit's it, hitting the fan. Yes, in a major way. Like somebody's definitely gonna win, and somebody's definitely gonna lose. Gotcha. It's not gonna be dragged out. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, they found time to fit in. Like, eh, let's just do a propaganda film uh, about the Titanic. <laughs> about Titanic. Wait, how is? What? <laughs> so, correct me if I'm well, wrong. Titanic was a famous Understood. Sinking. Understood. So everybody in the world knew about it. Sure. But didn't it leave from, like, Southampton or something? Well, yeah. But it's a... But like I said, it's okay. a story that everybody knows. I understand. And... But my point is, how it, could that be made into a propaganda film discussing well, Titanic? they probably spruce... It, that's just... just you know what I mean. <laughs> I don't... Uh-huh. But I'm not. I'm not here's, saying it here's was. The thing. 
I don't I don't know what you mean, but we've been doing this long enough that I know just that when you it. get to that point, I need to just say, okay, and yeah. move on. Right. So I'm saying, okay, and we can move on. By a propaganda <laughs> film, I mean, that's what Germans made back then. Uh, that's so, fair. Yes. I get it. And, and it could have really been, and it could have been just also part of like, uh, also fitting in with the newsreel, which American films yeah. were doing mm-hmm. at this time. No, I, I got it. I'm just really interested why they chose that topic. You know, it's just, it's just an interesting, uh, probably just idea. because it's a famous story that, Maybe Everybody it'll be attention about. grabbing, kind of. Yeah, I mean, it was, why, why would Americans make a film about Titanic? It was on its way here, but it never made it. You know, it's because Leonardo DiCaprio, <laughs> David. David. No, no, because of um, what's his name? Oh my God, James Who? Cameron. Yeah. That's why. Well, yes, because James Cameron. Who knows how to get to the bottom of the ocean? Just he, in case does, anybody's wondering. Yeah. Just well, certain people can't wonder anymore. Poor uh, bastards. Yeah, make sure to do it correctly. Anyway, just don't do it. <laughs> so yeah, I found that like I found that like in 1942, they're like, you know what, you know what this, you know what we need. We a need movie a, about the Titanic. We need a movie about the Titanic. <laughs> raise, our, raise everybody's spirits. Yeah, right. It's too nice, uplifting. <laughs> yeah. You know, things are bad if the Titanic is <laughs> an lifting, uplifting story. It's like yes, yeah, lifting everybody up. <laughs> oh jeez. They're like, at least we didn't drown. <laughs> and at that point, Titanic sank in what 1912. 12. So it would have been 30 years yeah. prior. So that's like covering something that happened in 1994. <laughs> don't, don't do that kind of math. Don't math. <laughs> don't math. Math is unfair. So in early 1945, the SS Cap Arcona was also used to evacuate nearly 26,000 German civilian refugees from East Prussia, which is the southern tip of Poland today. Oh, okay. Before the advance of the Soviet Red Army. In May of that same year, 1945, the SS Cap Arcona was sunk along with two other ships in what remains as one of the largest maritime losses of life in the entirety of World War II. We'll get into the, who the ships were carrying, who the ships were carrying okay. a little later in the episode, okay. as well as the, the death toll. Okay. So, building the SS Cap Arcona. Okay, so again, Cap Arcona, it's, it comes from Cape. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that might be how it's pronounced, but it's spelled C A P. Sure, C-A-P. it is. It, the E is so it could be yeah. Cape Cape Arcona. Um, so Blom and Voss, located in Hamburg, Germany, began building ships going all the way back to 1877. Founded by Hermann Blom and Ernst Voss, the company is still in business today and continues huh. to specialize in building steel-hulled ships. That's interesting. With the World War II era Bismarck. Being its most famous ship to date. I have heard of the Bismarck. Mm-hmm. Most people have. I have yeah. at least like, oh, I've like I've heard of that. Yeah, I'm not sure why, but I, I definitely exactly. Have heard I don't it. know what the context is, but I've yeah. heard of it. Mm-hmm. So in 1933, with the Nazi Party coming into power, the company was commissioned to build warships along with some civilian craft. By this time, Blom and Voss had also diversified into building aircraft as well to help offset a long-standing financial crisis within the company after co-founder Hermann Blom passed away. The building of the SS Cap Arcona began... Uh, well, let's go with Cape Arcona. That sounds better. Okay. We'll began prior. Yeah, I'm, I'm deciding. Okay. <laughs> began prior to World War II in, Germ- in July uh, 1926 and was completed in May 1927 uh, with its maiden launch taking place on October 29th of that same year, 1927. The vessel is 670 feet in length, or 205.90 meters, 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 with a height of just under 85 feet, or 25.78 meters. Eight steam turbines propelled the ship, and the passenger comforts included a full-size tennis court. Oh my goodness! And after, like, as soon as I read that, I'm like, I'm like, knowing Germany, I'm surprised they didn't figure out a way to install a full-size soccer field as well. <laughs> you mean a football? Or football a, or, pitch. Or a pitch. A football. football pitch. A football pitch. Football pitch. Um, uh, cousin Chad, who mm-hmm. co-hosted the Woodstock '99 mm-hmm. episode, worked for a German company for a long time, and. Guess what they installed on site where a he works? A football pitch? Yes, a full-size one, too. Wow. He was like, yeah. Is a football pitch bigger than a, an American football field? It's a little bit bigger. Okay. Not by much, but a okay. little bit. But the people who play soccer have to run the entire length back and forth a billion times in a game. <laughs> uh, only if you're, really only if you're a midfielder. 
Yeah, the defenders and the forwards kind of stay in the same area yeah. most of the game. But midfielders go, yeah, up and down the field all day. That's what uh, David Beckham was. The ship also had the most modern navigation and communication communication equipment for the time as well, and was even able to communicate and coordinate with German U-boats, which is, that's for that time, has got to be kind of amazing. Because the yeah, whole yeah, point... Yeah, how do you get... Back then, how do you get right. all the way down into a submarine? I mean, literally German engineering. I mean, that's... <laughs> there's that's, a reason it's, it's called... <laughs> yeah, there's a reason it's still known. They did like, get us to the moon now, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, well, they helped. <laughs> Uh, you don't, you don't want to know how or why. <laughs> Again, we've discussed that. <laughs> yeah. So now that we have some background on the ship itself, let's jump ahead to the waning days of World War II concerning Europe. Mm-hmm. So during March and April of 1945, concentration camp prisoners from Scandinavian countries had been transported from all over the Third Reich to the... All right, I'm going to try this out. Okay. Nyuengami series of concentration camps. Nyuengami. Nyuengami. Nyuengama? It's hard. I don't know. We neither of us speak German. No. <laughs> series of concentration concentration camps near Hamburg, which was coordinated with the Swedish Red Cross. So, oh, sorry. So are they evacuating them essentially? They're rescuing mo- they're them? Moving no, they're moving. Them. They're just transporting. Strictly, yes. But the Swedish Red Cross is helping them move. Yes. Them? Yeah. Why? It's that's just it was probably part of some deal, deal or yeah. they needed the the war is pretty much over when mm-hmm. this is going on, but they're trying they're still trying to hide the fact that there's a holocaust going on. Jeez. So eventually Heinrich Himmler. Oh God, I know that name. Who was known as the architect of the Holocaust. Speaking of which, mm-hmm. as well as being one of the highest ranking Nazi uh, party members. Mm-hmm. Agree that these Scandinavians and selected others regarded as less harmful to Germany could be transported through Denmark to freedom in Sweden. Okay, so they are kind of letting some. They're yeah. Some concentration camp. Some yeah. Go okay. Quote less harmful. Right. Whatever. Yeah. And probably as just like some sign of goodwill. Hmm. Towards the end, I mean, they or know just it's like, over. Like yeah, we we know this is. is... I mean, there this was, is not going well so for yeah. us. So the last uh, four or five months of the mm-hmm. uh, of the German army during this time period is pretty interesting because yeah. by this time, mm-hmm. really nobody's in it anymore. They're like, you know what? We've been at war for literally like twelve mm-hmm. fucking years. We're just kind of done. Yeah. Well, and even in the leadership level, it what isn't it mostly kind of like they either were like, I'm out. And, oh, there was and killed themselves and their families in some instances, yep. mm-hmm. or um, or just fled to Argentina. Right, <laughs> tried to tried to get out. Tried yes. to tried to flee. Yeah, this is this is every man for himself right. time. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're a part of the Nazi party yeah. at this time, and it'd be interesting to know if that started prior to Hitler's suicide. Oh yeah, it did little by yeah. little. Obviously not with his knowledge. He would have killed sure. those, those yeah. soldiers. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I mean, there's so many... Think of the... Think of the size of the battlefield of World War II. It's literally more than half the freaking Earth. Right. Um, so, try to keep track of all that. Mm. Yeah, good luck. Really silly question. Again, showing my lack of knowledge <laughs> of all things. Um, did So, I always think of World War II as like... There's the European theater and and then the Pacific theater, right? Mm-hmm. And I always think of it as like the Allies fighting Germany over here, and then the Allies fighting Japan over here. But were were German troops in Japan and Jap- Japanese troops in Germany? I don't believe so. So it was kind of the Germans stuck separated. to stuck to the land, and yes, the Japanese. Well, the Japanese controlled a lot of different islands, so they were already there sure. for the most part. But but they're all still considered the Axis powers? Yes. Mm-hmm. Just because they were on the on opposite the same... side of they had a mutual. The they had a mutual interest in... Yeah. You know, I was just wondering if they assisted each other, basically. To a degree they did, because if because they're both trying to take out Americans and Europeans, mm-hmm. so they are helping each other. But, but I guess that's what I'm asking more specifically about, is like how... Or if it was deliberate, I don't know. But there was mm-hmm. probably some coordination, I, I wouldn't doubt. Okay. 
Yeah, because I never got the impression that it's like there were Japanese soldiers in Europe, you know? I don't believe, not really. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there were certain attachments, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah. But uh, that's a good question, though. That's, that's nothing wrong with that mm. question. Because um, I don't believe the Germans went island hopping to defend those islands because they didn't own them. That's right. What, that's what the, Their that's interests the Japanese... weren't there at that point. Yeah. Yeah, never thought about that, but yeah. <laughs> and that was... The more you know. <laughs> right. I was going to say that was World War II corner, but we're, we're, we're going to the... remain in World right. War II. The whole thing is we're the just corner. Gonna, we're just going to sit with our heads in this corner yes. for the rest of the well, evening. Put, yes, put your head in the corner. You can put baby in the corner for, for this episode. <laughs> you might want to do that, actually. So then between April 16th and April 28th, 1945, Nguyen Game was systematically emptied of all its remaining prisoners together with other groups of concentration camp inmates and Soviet POWs, with the intention that they would be re- relocated to a secret new camp, either on the Baltic island of Faramarn or Meisen in Norway, where preparations were put in hand to house them under the control of car- concentration camp guards evacuated from Sachsenhausen. Sachsenhausen. In the interim, they were to be concealed from the advancing British and Canadian forces, uh. And for this purpose, the SS assembled a prison flotilla of decommissioned ships in the Bay of Lübeck, consisting of the freighter the Thielbeck, the ocean liners the Deutschland, and of course, our topic, the SS Cap Arcona. Since the steering motors were out of use in the Thielbeck and the turbines were out of use in the Cap Arcona, the ship Athen was used to transfer prisoners from the Bay of Lübeck to the larger ships where they were locked below decks and in the holds, denied oh. food and medical attention, for so, the most part. So they were being held just in concentration there. camps that just, were just on ships. A, just on a flotilla of three ships. Yeah. <clears throat> and this one ship had to bring them out, because mm-hmm. remember, two of these ships are like, can't really do anything right. but float. Right, uh-huh. Um, they can't really move, yeah. Correct. So... They're still trying to, for whatever reason, they're trying to hide POWs. Mm-hmm. They're trying to, like, the whole reason of why this is going on is slightly murky. Mm-hmm. But so is the the ends of war. Sure. It gets really chaotic, are, I'm sure. And it's sloppy as shit. Yeah. Like, we, we, yeah. we just learned that last year in Afghanistan. Yeah. It went horribly because you know why? That's how it works. The end of war yeah. goes horribly mm-hmm. and sloppily. Mm-hmm. And I've seen many... All of war is chaos. And I've seen yeah. many TikToks from soldiers who served during that saying that mm-hmm. there was really no other way it was going to end. Yeah. It didn't matter who the president was or what. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. this is just how it was going to be, mm-hmm. sadly. Yeah. But anyway, and especially with this, like, imagine the sheer chaos of World War Two. Sure. Plus the volume of people yes. involved. Even... Um... <laughs> yeah. I mean, we cannot comprehend it today. We, yeah. We, we can't. I mean, even um, something like Afghanistan, obviously, huge numbers of people involved, but it was not the literal whole of Europe. Wouldn't, e- wouldn't even be like a speck, like on a on a map of what World War Two is, as far as like you were saying, like the vol- just the volume of people alone right. involved. Um. So yeah, so they're just they're like we're just gonna put them out in this literal floating prison. Not give them anything. Uh, and yeah. no, no food, no water, no medical. Well, just like they were. In, I mean, they're they're in a different right, concentration right. camp. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> so on April thirtieth, nineteen forty-five, two Swedish ships, the Magdalena and the Lily Matisen, made a final rescue trip to the Bay of Lubeck and back. So amongst the prisoners rescued were some transferred from the prison flotilla. So some you're having this activity where some people are getting away. And there are these Swedish ships that just happen to be like, oh, there's people on the water. Let's rescue them or people on the oh. beach. So that's that's where this is happening. Okay. So that's happening on April 30th, just a couple of days before. Yeah. VE Day. Well. It, or well, this that, disaster. Okay. Yes. Now, um, Hitler, did he kill himself in April or May? Well, we're about to go okay. into that. Okay. Okay. Yes. Uh, so on the evening of May 2nd, 1945... More prisoners, mainly women and children from the Stutthof and Mitzelbaudora camps, were loaded onto barges and brought out to the anchored vessels. The SS Cap Arcona refused to accept any more passengers because they were just out of room. Yeah. 
and over 800 were returned to the beach at Neustadt on the next morning of May 3rd, where around 500 were killed in their barges by machine gunning or beaten to death on the beach by SS guards then seeking to make their escape unencumbered. Okay, now this is not what we're talking about. It's not the topic because that's murder anymore. (laughs) Okay. I, it's horrible. Yes. And that's awful. And this is, and we're getting into, this is wartime. What happens, what I'm going to describe, mm-hmm. it's a bit of an accident and it's a bit not of an accident, mm-hmm. but it's wartime and just, uh, mm-hmm. you know, shit happens, but uh, quite literally. So yeah. this is, the, the when we get into these kind of topics, yeah. I feel it's still I gotcha. that's, in I the realm of the spirit mm-hmm. of our podcast. Like, mm-hmm. It's kind of a war crime, but kind of not, and it's kind of a tra- It's definitely a tragedy. Of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I've always thought these gotcha. kind of things fit. Mm-hmm. Um, so the order to transfer the prisoners from the prison ships had come from <laughs> Galatier Carl Kaufman. A Galatier is essentially a mayor. Okay, so that's a Galatier. Yeah, Galatier Carl. Oh, Galatier. Is that yes. is that that sounds French almost? It does it? a little bit. But well, it's German. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so he was essentially the mayor of Hamburg. Okay. So German historian Mark Bulgen has challenged Kaufman's subsequent claim that he had been acting on orders from SS headquarters in Berlin, arguing that the decision, in fact, resulted from political and business pressures from leading industrialists in Hamburg who were already at this stage plotting with Kaufman to hand the city over to British forces undefended, Hamburg? Un- unharmed, and who consequently wished to whitewash away, uh, literally so in the case of the Nungami concentration camp, mm-hmm. all evidence for the prisoner's former president presence within the city and its industries. So basically so the city was kind of trying to save itself, through, or the mayor was trying to save himself through... We've all heard the term CYA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know what? It's over. Let's pretend this never happened. I'm just going to literally hand the keys of the fucking city uh-huh. over to the Brits. Uh-huh. Hopefully they'll let me walk away mm-hmm. because they get all of this. Mm-hmm. And nope, nothing happened here. No, what? Huh? concentration what? I've never even met a Jewish person. Mm-hmm. Have you? Jews in Germany? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, what's interesting too is um, <laughs> Hamburg has another <laughs> famous British... Um, connection do you know what that is no what is it <laughs> that's where the beatles cut their teeth basically oh okay <laughs> they... is that where that club was that little bar yes yeah. yes oh my god why can't i remember i can't it? think of the name of it either but uh... there there was a well there was the cavern i think it was in liverpool and then yes they they toured in hamburg yeah. um that was where they kind of first uh really kind of out. came together and they yeah. played like Hours and hours and hours and hours for weeks on end together. Um, and that's how they really solidified and came together as a group. I forget if Ringo was on that tour or not. But um, it's just interesting that that there's like another British connection. Uh, what was that? Like I'm sure there's, 17, I'm sure there's many later. others to <laughs> I'm sure too. Plus, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Hamburg is like a northern port town of Germany. Sure. I could be making that up, and we wouldn't even know <laughs> until somebody points it out. Uh, if, if you're curious. I, I didn't do any research Google it. on uh, Hamburg itself, so okay. I'm just going with, yeah, why not? <laughs> so that's so that's this mayor uh, mayor's plan is just to okay, be like, yep. mm-hmm. I'm going to ha- hand over the city. We're all just going to walk away from this. <laughs> we'll just be walk fine. Just slowly, pretend none of this ever happened. Yeah, so... By early May, however, any relocation plans had been scrapped by the rapid British military advance to the Baltic Sea. So the SS leadership, which had moved to Flensburg on April 28th, 1945, discussed scuttling the ships, which means uh sinking them deliberately, with the prisoners still aboard. Later, at a war crimes tribunal, Kaufman, who is this this mayor mayor I was talking about, claimed that the prisoners were intended to be sent to Sweden, although as none of the ships carried Red Cross hospital markings, nor were they seaworthy, like they oh, couldn't, yeah, that's, couldn't yeah. go anywhere. That's mm-hmm. the whole reason there's a flotilla mm-hmm. in the first place. This was scarcely credible. Yeah. So get this guy's name, and this is one, oh. this is one person I'm going to say <laughs> okay. the name of. So, George Henning Graf von Bassewitz Bear. 
Okay. Uh, that is just one person, George by the Henning way. George Henning-Groff, bear. Yep. <laughs> Almost a member of British Parliament, but he needs like <laughs> right. ten more And names. he doesn't have an honorific. Yeah. <laughs> like Earl of Pennington or whatever. Was the city of Hamburg's police leader, which I'm guessing is just police chief, police yeah. captain. Mm-hmm. And testified at the same trial that the prisoners were in fact to be killed, quote, in compliance with Himmler's orders, unquote. Ooh. Like, not surprising there. Yeah. Kurt Rickert, who had worked with, uh, who had worked for Bassewitz Bear, testifies that the Ham- at the Hamburg war crimes trial that he believed the ships were to be sunk by U-boats or Luftwaffe aircraft. These supposed actions to be taken by the SS never happened. Instead, a different horror was about to take place. Oh. So, so the plan was there to... It was a possibility... That they were just going to, right, that what are we going to do with all this, like it's just sitting out there floating. Just sink them. Yeah. Kill everybody on board. Yeah. Oh. So. But that didn't happen. Well, it did. Not Which is what I'm about to get into. Okay. So on May 2nd, 1945, Uh the British 2nd Army discovered the empty camp at Nungame. Oh, okay. And reached the towns of Lübeck and Wismar without resistance. Remember Lübeck? The, mm-hmm. We're in the Bay of Lubeck where this flotilla is. Mm-hmm. So Lubeck, the city, contained a permanent Red Cross office in its function as part as a Red Cross port, while the Second Army was also informed of the seven thousand to eight thousand estimated prisoners on the flotilla in the Bay of Lu in the Bay of Lubeck. So things are looking like they're going to work out after all, right? The Brits like, oh, we know they're there. Like, we'll come and we'll go get them from. So the British army is now, or the um, British forces are now like, okay, we're going to go out to the flotilla and get these people? Yes, because okay. some of them are probably, well, we're going to learn. Uh-huh. Some of them are Brits themselves. Oh. Okay. We're going to learn the nationalities of everybody oh, on board. Okay, gotcha. So now we are on to the sinking okay. of the SS Cap Arcona. Okay. So on May 3rd, 1945. Just three days after Hitler's suicide. Oh, so it was April 30th. It was the very end of April. Okay. And only one day before the unconditional surrender mm-hmm. of the German troops in northwestern Germany. May the fourth be with you indeed. The SS Cap Arcona, the Thielbeck, and the Deutschland were attacked mm. as part of general airstrikes on shipping vessels in the Baltic Sea by the 2nd Tactical Air Force of the RAF. You know what the oh, Ro- Royal Ar- Air Force. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, ooh, this sounds like a miscommunication? Through intelligence, the Western Allies had become aware that most of the SS leadership and former concentration camp commandants had gathered with Heimrich Hindler in Flensburg, hoping to contrive an escape to Norway. Okay. The Western Allies had intercepted orders that the SS leadership were to be facilitated in escaping Allied capture or otherwise issued with false naval uniforms to conceal their identities, oh. which did happen. Okay. Not with these specific right. people, but uh, that's that's how a some, lot of mm-hmm. that's how a lot of Germans got out of there and Escaped, again yeah. we're in we're in uh, every man for himself mm-hmm. territory. Uh, so as German naval commander Karl Donitz sought while surrendering to maintain the fiction oh. that his administration had been free from involvement in the camps. Or in Hitler's policies of genocide. So okay. there, so the ground force has this information that there's a flotilla of prisoners. Right. The intelligence has this information that hey, all these high-ranking German commandants mm-hmm. are trying to mm-hmm. through the Baltic Sea, trying to skip their way and around. And they're being fed that information yes. by somebody trying to appear <laughs> yes. less horrible than he is. Yes. Yeah. So, so, so this is a, the intelligence information was unreliable, but they didn't know that. Who's going to, I mean, how are you going to, how are you really going to verify that? You know? Uh, yeah, but then, uh, so is really the best idea to just go ahead and sink a whole bunch of ships that you don't know who's on board? Question mark. So none of the pro- none of the prison flotilla were Red Cross marked because yes, right. It we was, talked about that. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it was also kind of a secret for them to be there. Uh huh. So you know, if you have a Red Cross marking, it's 
you're visible with, mm-hmm. right and it's like you're with this faction right. you're with you know. right mm-hmm. um so although the deutschland had previously been intended as a hospital ship and it did retain one one white painted funnel with a red cross so there was oh, kind of okay but not enough for mm-hmm. you know. so it, it wasn't really visible or really um clear right yeah and all prisoners were concealed below deck, so the pilots yeah. in the attacking RAF were unaware that who they were attacking yeah. were concentration camp survivors. Oh my god. So the Royal Air Force accidentally killed a whole bunch of concentration camp survivors. Although Swedish and oh, Swiss wow. Red Cross officials had informed British intelligence on May 2nd, so the day mm-hmm. before this takes place, of the presence of large numbers of prisoners on ships at anchor in the Bay of Lübeck, where this mm-hmm. takes place, mm-hmm. this vital information was not passed on to the RAF. Why not? The RAF commanders, well, who, who knows? I mean, it could be just the chaos of the situation. Exactly. Or, or wow. how are you going to get get that information out? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's yeah. you know. No, you're gonna you're gonna text them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. You're gonna, 1945. Yeah, you're gonna send them. You're gonna make a TikTok video. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and none of that is possible yet because Operation Paperclip hasn't taken place. Correct. <laughs> the space program. But this is all the beginning of you know. <laughs> oh boy, I don't like this. So the RAF commanders ordering the strike believed that a flotilla of ships was being prepared in the Bay of Lübeck to accommodate the leading SS personnel fleeing to German-controlled yeah. Norway in accordance with German naval commander Karl Donitz's orders. It's really the guy who gave the false intelligence who's this is their fault. Quote, The ships are gathering in the area of Lübeck and Kiel. It is believed that important Nazis who have escaped from Berlin to Flensburg are on board and are fleeing to Norway or neutral countries, unquote, was the information the RAF had while preparing the strike. Equipped with life jackets from locked storage compartments, most of the SS guards managed to jump overboard from the SS Cap Arcona during the attack. German trawlers sent to rescue Cap Arcona's crew members and Mm -hmm. guards managed to save 16 sailors, 400 SS men, and 20 SS women. That's a lot of people they managed to pick up. Only 350 of the 5,000 former concentration camp inmates aboard the SS Cap Arcona managed to survive. Oh, my God. From 2,800 prisoners on board the Tealbeck, only 50 were saved. Whereas, amazingly, all 2,000 prisoners on the Deutschland were safely taken off onto the Athen before the Deutschland capsized. Now, okay, the Deutschland capsizer was shot. Well, it was it was shot Is up. Is that how? That's how it happens. Yes, okay, I'm I gonna gotcha, guess. I gotcha. Because they're all they're all in a flotilla, so they're all together. Together, right? Mm-hmm. So the other two ships, we know for sure, capsized. We're about mm-hmm. to find that out. So eventually, mm-hmm. it's gonna take the other one with it, okay. whether it got hit or not. Which yeah. I'm okay, guessing it I gotcha. did. So, um, so we have roughly. 7,000 casualties. My God, that is huge. That's From, one of our, our largest death tolls in our pods. And all I can think of, the whole time I'm doing this research is, uh-huh. imagine surviving a concentration camp. Oh my God. And being, and being killed kill by friendly fire, oh which is what God. this is. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, they didn't know what they were targeting. Right. And as we're going to get to right here, so um, RAF... I, I mean the Royal Air mm-hmm. Force. I, I don't think I've said that enough, but so Royal Air Force pilot Alan Weiss of number one, uh, number one ninety three squadron recalled, mm-hmm. "quote We used our cannon fire at the chaps in the water. We shot them up with twenty millimeter oh. cannons in the water. Horrible thing, but we were told to do it, yeah. and we did it. That's war." Unquote. Severely damaged and set on fire, the SS Cap Arcona eventually capsized as well. Photos of the burning ships listed as Deutschland, Tielbeck, and Cap Arcona, and of the emaciated survivors swimming in the very cold Baltic Sea, which was around 7 degrees Celsius. You want to take a gander at what that is, Fahrenheit? Oh, I'm not good at this. 45 degrees, which is, I cannot imagine being in fucking water. That's hypothermia water. Oh, God, yeah. hypothermia water. 60 degrees is hypothermia (laughs) water. I mean, so... uh, uh, so, yes, these uh, uh, reconnaissance photos were taken at the time of, a rec- of the reconnaissance mission over the Bay of Lübeck 
by the United States Army Air Force oh, wow. Reconnaissance Squad- Squadron shortly after the attack commenced. Oh. So I said the United States Army Air Force, which is what they were back then. Oh, okay. The Air Force was not its own it, branch. Really? I didn't know that. I don't you know, think they, I knew that. They originally started as a branch of the Army. Okay. And that's what they were known as, is the Army Air Force. I, 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 when they called the Army Air Corps at some point? Um, do you Maybe. Know how, do you know how I know that? Huh? Huh? Hail to the squadron. Hail to the force. Hail to all the airmen. Who's done, da 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 dun Anyway, Army Air Corps. It was a Glenn Miller song. But, <laughs> Miller Orchestra song. All right. But, <laughs> I know that because I went through a very odd phase of, of enjoying Orchestra? swing music and World War II when I was 12. Anyway. I was going to say, that must have been like the late 90s. So, yeah. Yes, it was like the Greatest Generation <laughs> era. But. The swing they, part gave it away. They were called the Army Air Corps at some point because they referenced sure. that in the song. So, anyway, that's my <laughs> intel. There you go. <laughs> My intel is about as reliable. Intel that didn't get 7,000 people killed. Well, there's that. That is a horrifying thought to think of a whole bunch of people who have gone through already being in a concentration camp. Then a floating concentration camp. And plus being transferred all over the place in between. And like, and 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 it's And it's like... Getting, it's like that's horrible. It's like you're fucking like you're right there. Yeah. The, the European part of the war is over. Uh huh. Like you're yeah. you're at the fucking finish line. I was and... gonna say I'm kind of surprised they've not made a movie about this, but I think I can figure it out. It'd be really, really, really fucking depressing. depressing. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Maybe that one uh, company that keeps making all the depressing films. They will, <laughs> I'll pitch it to them. I'll make there you a. Go. I'll turn out a script. Right. Like, people will cry and or harm themselves. We've got a winner. It's horrible. It's horrible. So on May 4th, 1945, so a day after this attack, a British reconnaissance plane took photos of the two wrecks, the Tealbeck and the Cap Arcona. The capsized hull of the Cap Arcona later drifted ashore, and the beach wreck was finally broken up in 1949. So it was just floating there, and then finally in six... Or, uh, Four years later, it just kind of yeah. just, it's like. Oh. For weeks after the attack, bodies of victims oh. washed ashore where they were collected and buried in the mass graves in the surrounding area. Oh, man. And they, then on top of it, they get buried the same way they would have if they had been, well, they were victims. And by this time, they, they probably had no personal information method, on them. Yeah. yeah. Parts of skeletons washed ashore over the next 30 years with the last find in 1971. That's awful. fucking crazy. That's awful. That's a lot of people, though. So it kind of makes sense, but that's that's horrifying. And what's horrifying is that that is a teeny fraction of the total number of people who died in equally horrific ways Mm -hmm. during this period. Like, that's... Well, we're all, and plus in the last like ten to fifteen years, like all over Europe, there are certain Europeans who were like they were little kids when World War Two was going on. Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah, there's a mass grave over here. Oh, jeez. And Ooh. so they're finding. Yeah. Because it's like there's no sure. point in keeping it a secret anymore. Yeah. Like they're you know. Yeah. It's like over here you're gonna find this. Over mm-hmm. here you're gonna find that. Yeah. Did just... I wonder if they have. Um, I've never been to continental Europe. If if they have like memorials where there were, I'm mass sure. Graves I'm sure they do. From World War yeah. II. Or they have some sort of monument in the town. Well, sure, that they, I get, yeah. but I mean, like you know, where they on um, the site. Well, basically, like preserve the site so that it doesn't get like developed or built over or something. I don't know. I don't know. Oh. I'm sure I'm I'm sure in certain places, yeah, I would hope. Well, maybe some of our European listeners can tell us. So the prisoners aboard aboard the ships were of at least 30 different nationalities. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm going to name, not mm-hmm. all 30, but mm-hmm. uh, American, yeah, Belarusian, Belgian, Canadian, Czechoslovakian, Danish, Dutch, Estonian, Finnish, French, German, Greek, Hungarian, Italian, Latvian, Lithuanian Luxemburger, which I didn't realize that, oh, that, that was the... Oh, that's the name of somebody yeah, from Luxemburger? All, like, 10,000 of them. Like, not that many <laughs> of them. Uh, Norwegian, Polish, Romanian, Russian, Serbian, Spanish, Swiss, and... Swiss. 
That, that's the second time you've said it. You said Swish Did I? earlier. Did yeah. I? <laughs> and Ukrainian, and possibly others as well. Like basically a just ever just United Nations. Pick a nationality. Jeez. And they were in there somewhere. Uh, well, seven thousand people. That's yeah. a lot of people. And that was the oh, story. Oh my god. Of the SS Cap Arcona. Oh, thanks. That was <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, it was great. Oh, wow, that's depressing. Sufficiently, I mean, that is this podcast. But yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, I think, um, when thinking of specifically the Holocaust and, well, and the entire death toll of World War II, right? Which is well beyond... I mean, it's in the tens of well millions. beyond and, just the victims. Yeah. I, not quote just, yeah. but you know, beyond the victims of of the Holocaust. But I think even when you do think specifically of the those who were g- genocided, I don't mm-hmm. know if that's a proper verb, but um, uh, it's so impossible. I think it's like one of those numbers that's impossible to really comprehend what oh, that yeah. actually means, and. I mean, concentration camps and what happened on them are also, like, hard to comprehend. Like, how people could do that to each other. Yeah. Yeah, which is... Yeah. I think is also, like, part of the reason there is, like, Holocaust denial. Because somebody's... Like, some people maybe just can't go there. And be like, that couldn't have happened. Yeah, right. Even though there's... Right. Uh-huh. It's know, almost like a self-protection mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, um... In itself, really scary because you have yes. to you have to remember that yes, people can do stuff like uh-huh. this because you have to stop it before it starts at every possible point. Because if it could happen in ni- the nineteen thirties and forties, it could a hundred percent happen now again, yeah. and a hundred years from now, mm-hmm. and two hundred years from now, and so forth and so forth. So yeah, humans have never stopped killing each other. No. <laughs> in mass in mass ways either. Like people there's... are killing each other in mass right now. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. Um it, it's just it's it is mind-boggling and I think there's also like a um a part of the brain that it is like self-preservation not not in a denial sense, just in like a Okay. In a bewilderment almost. Yeah, or like, like a, a um I'll, I I I will say and understand intellectually that this happened, but this will not reach my emotions cuz that would yeah, or, be devastating. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, that is where it gets into survival, you know. Yeah. But that is horrific. Thanks yeah. so much. That's <laughs> what we do. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I feel like, uh, hello, my baby. Hello, my, you know, you want to, let me see. What else can I, um, uh, there'll be bluebirds over the white cliffs of Dover. I had a Glenn Miller, the best of the Glenn Miller orchestra, uh, CD. And because it was CDs back then. Sure. And so there's the Army Air Corps, Hail to the Squadron. You were the only 12 year old with that CD, I'm by the sure, way. I'm guessing I was. <laughs> I was so sad as a child. And um, the Bluebirds Over the White Cliffs of Dover, um, In the Mood, of course. Sure. That's the. I know that was the name of the song. Yes. And. So that's what they. That's what they. Made sex to in the in the nineteen forties. <laughs> they were having sex. <laughs> they were having sex. <laughs> and um, I'm trying to think what other songs were on there. I knew some deep cuts from Glenn Miller. I was like the coolest thirteen year old. <laughs> no, you weren't. <laughs> exactly. I used <laughs> and to by go... the coolest, you meant like like the opposite of that. Then yes. Because <laughs> this is in the pre music download days. Well. Barely. Like 97, 98, yeah. you know? Just, just before. Napster. Yeah. But when you're 12, it's... Like, I wasn't quite savvy enough to no. get into Napster. Um, and there there also wasn't necessarily a way to get music digitally, really, at that time. So you know what I used to do? I used to go to Ross and Marshall's, and they had... Um, like, you know, they have clothes and stuff, but then they have home goods, and they had CD, mainly CD collections, like CD sure. sets. 
And I used to get, like, that's where I got my, like, Best of Glenn Miller and, like, all these swing <laughs> CDs. And, <laughs> and like, it, it was, like, the most confused look on the people in the store. Like, you why want, is this you, 13-year-old buying Glenn want this? Miller? <laughs> like, they probably just gave it to you. And they were just probably, like, just here. Oh, another one was Pennsylvania 6, 5,000. And then they go, at the end they go, because that's all it is, is music. And then and then there's like a little telephone ring and they go, Pennsylvania 6, 5,000, because it's a phone number. And then at the very end they go, Pennsylvania 6, 5, oh, oh, oh. I mean, I just remember the first time somebody like had a, a CD boner software. A CD boner. A CD, a CD burner. I was like, this is fucking amazing. Yeah, that was, was like, pretty cool. Like you can make your own mix CDs. Uh-huh. Like it was, yeah. Without having to record to the other side of the tape. Yeah, deck. that's yeah. That was a pain in the ass. You had to you had to be skillful at that. We're old. S- something that yeah, we're so old. We're gonna stop talking about that. <laughs> well, that made me feel a little better talking about swing music. It did, yes. <laughs> Given how depressing this, but so yes, depressing. but yes, I did come across this topic when I was doing the Ramery Island. Oh, okay. One, and I was just like, okay, I'm gonna mm-hmm. save this. Remember and the, it. And... You know, I did like a treatment for it like a couple of months ago, and I was okay. like, oh, okay. A treatment. I love that. Isn't that like what people do for like a screenplay? Uh, I, yeah, I, I think treatment. that's what it's... Well, yeah, but it's basically, like, I don't... Uh, uh, a summary? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm an artiste. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Mr. Artiste, I do have a question. Ask away. Do you write the scripts or do you copy-paste? <laughs> no, I write, I write them. Well, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, very good. Very good. There was a time when you heavily copied and pasted, but... Well, I've always, like, done that and written over it and, you know... Okay. So, yeah. You know I gotcha. I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I can write it because I'm reading and writing it and doing that all at once. like Kind of editing the, mm-hmm. the text. See, we're getting into the guts of the show. This is how the sausage is made. Yes. So that you can make the sausage and yes. send it to us, please. But I usually have like pieces of it all over the place and then it's just like, how do I fit it okay. together? So. You know, do you know I tend to write it um, top to bottom? Like oh, I... Yeah. I uh, with rare paste, rare copy pasting. I'm usually I'll copy paste quotes, direct quotes, but otherwise that's kind of <clears throat> but that's kind of why and I copy and paste shit like within it too. I'm like, no, I want to move this here, yeah. and put this over here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's plenty of that too. Yeah, I get that. It's just an, it's for, different for the, processes for different for the for the three toes. people who are still listening. <laughs> Nobody's listening. <laughs> if you're if you're still listening. Give us a Bless hand you. wave on um, <laughs> yeah. on uh, your, the social media of your platform or an email, <laughs> and and we'll <laughs> we should have like a um, okay now we're just babbling I'm babbling it's it's late I'm gonna go to bed so All right. <laughs> that was the story of the SS Cap Arcona and this has been another episode of All Bad Things I'm Rachel I'm David we'll see you next week at a normal daytime hour. <laughs>